ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockheim, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So I want to share a confession. Two weeks ago, I went to see a postpartum stress therapist because I have been experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety. And I'm actually super proud. I'm super proud that I went. Here's the thing. This depression didn't show up the way that other depression has. Like, I haven't been like down. Instead, I've been picking fights with Josh, like left and right, finding everything wrong with him, screaming at him. I've had meltdowns like once a week, like I'm totally good. Everything's fine. And then like these meltdowns where you can't tell who is having a bigger meltdown, me or the baby. When the baby screams, I just want to like put him in the crib and walk away. It feels horrible as a mother admitting that, but that's the truth. And then there are times I have felt distant from him. Like he's not mine. Like I'm just here to babysit him or something. And... It was when I was sharing my birth story, the traumatic birth story. And if you haven't heard my birth story, go back and listen to that episode. It was when I was sharing the traumatic birth story with a social worker in a mom's group that I'm in. She said, have you seen a therapist? And I was like, no. And I said, I'm super proud of my difficult birth. And she said, well, this might catch you, right? You might end up with depression or anxiety. And here's what that looks like. And I went, oh my God. Okay. And here's what I'm learning. I'm learning how normal this is. I'm learning how normal this is. And the thing is that we need to acknowledge this. We need to even celebrate it. That this is also part of motherhood. And that this is our opportunity to be human, to be women, to feel, to love ourselves, and to heal ourselves and to heal the world. And so my guest today is the perfect perfect expert who's going to walk us through all of this. Kira Townley was born in Italy. She's lived in the UK and Spain and now lives in Portland, Oregon. She's a published writer and has contributed to several publications. An article she wrote for Good Housekeeping is what really drew me into her. She wrote about her postpartum depression and anxiety. She wrote to the entire world through Good Housekeeping magazine that she didn't feel connected to her baby for the first few months. And it was like, oh, a sigh of relief. Finally, a woman is acknowledging that it is not all what it might look like on Instagram. In the year 2020, she transformed her personal challenges into a spiritual business. She uses writing and intuition to provide guidance. She is beautiful inside and out. And I'm so honored to have her on the Purpose Girl podcast. Kiara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show. Oh, thank you for saying that. So this is something I'm experiencing right now. I love my baby. I can't get enough of him. I look at him constantly. I touch him constantly. And I resonated so much with the article that you wrote and realizing 
that there have been times when I didn't connect with him or I didn't feel like he was mine. The first six days he was in the NICU. I didn't feel like I was a mother. Like he's upstairs in a totally different floor of the hospital. So let's start with postpartum and your own journey that led you now to support other people in, through, you know, through spirituality and your intuition. So let's talk about your own journey first with, with postpartum. Yeah, so, um, well, things weren't easy for me from the pregnancy because, um, like, I, I had um, morning sickness the first couple of months and then it was replaced by um, acid reflux, um, heartburn throughout all the pregnancy. So I hated it. I didn't throw up a lot, um, just a couple of times. But, I mean, it was always there, like, in my throat, ready to come off. The heartburn was the worst. I had no idea that that was going to happen during pregnancy it was the worst. Did, did your baby have a lot of hair? Yes. Mine too. Yeah. And then yeah. I guess everyone says that hair has to do with it. So anyway, I interrupted you. So so you had a difficult pregnancy. Didn't like it. No. And um, and I'll talk about this later. Like there was a lot of resistance. So rejecting the experience, complaining a lot. And then that is, that's not useful because you kind of bring more pain to yourself. So I made that mistake. Hopefully we learn from our mistakes. So um, th there was a lot of resistance. And then um, I wanted a natural birth. I was open to the epidural. Um, but, you know, C-section scared the hell out of me. I am so scared of like surgeries and blood and all those, you know, I can't watch them on TV and things like that. So I was like, no, this is not going to happen to me, you know. And you know, trying to be positive, um, but at the same time, not being open to the other scenario, kind of ignoring it. Um, and so when um, I had to be inducted, you know, because my um, um, my baby was late. And, and so I went to the hospital and things were progressing really, really fast. Um, so I was like, OK, well, this baby is going to come out. That's great. I got the epidural like it was too much pain. So I was like, OK, I'll go with it, the epidural. But then um, they told me after four hours pushing what I felt like I was really close. They told me that the baby, um, his head was stuck. And so they needed to perform a C-section. And at that point, I was like, um, you know, just so exhausted. And I started to cry. But, you know, you don't even know that you're crying. You're just like in the full of your emotion and desperation. Oh, yeah. Whatever that is, you don't have a choice. And um so I went in um, and uh, during the surgery, I was able to kind of like keep it together. After the baby was born, they wanted to put the baby on my body. You know, I was laying down and I didn't want the baby. Mm. Um, and my brain couldn't process what had happened in that room. They had to give me an anti-anxiety med medication because I was like, what happened you know right. what, what just happened to me here I totally I had one too so I totally get it yeah oh you had it you had a c-section yeah yeah you um, there's so many similarities in our story yes yeah yeah so I they gave me anti-anxiety med medication and um I was better after that but I was focused on my pain I have to be honest I you know you have to feed your baby but it was so painful, just like, you know, I couldn't, as you know, like it takes a couple of weeks to even walk straight after a C-section. So the fact that, you know, they have to put you on a wheelchair to, to go out of the hospital, you know, all these things that make you feel just really, just really sad because, you know, you start not to feel yourself any, anymore and it kind of like starts that way, you know? Yeah, you went from being a healthy you know, kind of whole woman to being cut open and 
you you didn't have the experience of the birth that it, you know can feel like well I've never had natural you know I've never had a vaginal birth but my experience of a C-section you go in literally one second from not being a mother to being a mother like all of a sudden you're when if I imagine if you have the vaginal birth you're in this process right there's like this space and this time and this process where you're working with the baby. That's what I've imagined. I could be totally wrong. But anyway, I totally resonate with what you're saying. And then you end up, like you said, in a wheelchair and you can't move and you can't walk around and you can't go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. It was so painful, especially, I don't know if you relate, like at night, like you Mm. fall asleep and then you you wake up and you remember of that scar and like it hurts so bad. And then your baby's crying and it wants your boobs, (laughs) you know, and you're like, (laughs) no I don't want to do this now and you know my husband was really helpful so luckily you know he he got up in the middle of the night you know he helped like when I pumped you know he helped feed the baby but he I didn't feel a connection with him either because he couldn't really he was more worried about the baby right so you start to feel like second now right like you know you are singing my language oh my god yes a c-section is like the only surgery it has to be the only surgery in the world where you're whole body is cut open, your abdomen is cut open, and then you get no rest. You have to take care of somebody else. Instead of the world taking care of you, you have to take care of someone else. And it's insanity. And then everyone else is taking care of the baby too, right? And like, I read in your article something about like selfishness, and I totally was feeling that and I used to be a very selfish person you know anyway continue yes yeah yeah I totally relate you know I've done what I wanted in life like I left Italy I went to live there and whatever like always just thinking about myself and I knew that you know there's a point where you have a baby you make sacrifices you change your life you know but yeah yeah I wasn't ready for that emotional turmoil that happened but yeah, anyway, he was really helpful. Um, and so and so that was really comforting. So the problems for me came when he uh, went back to work. So and I the idea of being alone with this baby um, just like gave me just a lot of anxiety and obsessive behavior, uh, obsessive um, thoughts, you know, like the death of the baby. Like I'm not able to take care of this baby. It's not going to survive, you know, because I can't because, you know, I'm not able. Um, so that was that was awful, you know, and I I talked to him. I said something's happening to me. I just feel really, really anxious. He said, like, thank you for letting me know. And then I thought about it in the following days. And I'm like, I'm still feeling this way, you know, because, you know, sometimes you have a feeling and then it goes away. But the depression and the anxiety, when it lasts, you know, several days, like a week, then you should probably look for help um, or Mm -hmm. whatever works for you. You know, you you should just address it. Um, so I decided to call my OB and, and and I talked to her and I said I have this like obsessive thoughts, you know, and and she said okay, well, you know, we get an appointment uh, with someone, and uh, and I also wanted to talk to other women. Uh, so you know, I went on Facebook and it's so easy on Facebook, you know, to find people who've <laughs> been through the same thing. So I said, hey, I'm going through this. You know, does anybody want to talk to me? And the community of women was really supportive, but it made me realize it's way more common than we think. I was like, wait, yes. all these women, you know, and I didn't know anything about it. My my close uh, girlfriends who had babies never told me about it. And when I asked them, they said, yeah, I actually went through something, and I was like. Okay, well, why are we talking about this? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's true. We don't, we, we don't hear or talk about this other side of motherhood. 
this other side of post-C-section or however you gave birth and the, the breastfeeding and the challenges and the difficulty. So I'm thank you for talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. And I get it. You know, sometimes you, you want to forget. You want to, you you overcame your, the obstacle. You know, you're better now. And you just don't want to talk about it. And I get it. And But some other women just don't want to talk about it because they want to show you that everything is fine. You know, so there are different reasons. But whatever the reason is, it's wrong and plain wrong. And we have celebrities who talk about it, you know, but we don't talk about it enough. Let's say, yeah, you know, we talk about it, but not. We don't talk about it enough. So that's the, the, the big problem here. So I uh, talked to some of these women and, uh, you know, I was planning, you know, to... I, I talked to them via Facebook, via messages, and I was planning to have a conversation. But I realized the more I talk about it, the worse I felt. So some people, most people probably feel better because you feel less lonely. But for me, it was just like, no, you know, the more I talk about this depression and anxiety, the worse I feel, I feel just like that I identify with it. And that's kind of the key word. Um, we make mistakes when we identify with our feelings and emotions. And that happens because our brain does that. Like, obviously, when we have an emotion, we have feelings, you know, our, our brain comes in, wants to find explanation, wants to investigate. And that's okay. That's all fine. It's part of self-awareness. But if we were able to accept the emotion and the feeling just for what it is without necessarily going in with the brain and finding explanation, we would be much better. Um, and like I always like uh, reminding people, we are the ocean and our mm, feelings and emotions are waves. So mm. they come and go. If we train our brain to understand that they are temporary, and it's not who we are and we shouldn't identify with them, then the brain is going to learn, right? Like we create new neural pathways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, yeah, I decided I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I just, uh, I was like, this is not me. Like I kind of told my brain, I've always loved life. I've always been a positive person. This can't be my new reality. It's certainly something temporary. So I asked my husband, my family, my friends to remind me of the person I was before. Mm. So to constantly tell me, hey, you remember we did this or like, you know, you said that or like, just remind me of that, you know, and that that's like kind of worked for me more than therapy or or anything else. Um, this is so cool. Who do you identify as? Right. And becoming a mother, you take on a whole new identity. <laughs> And it's foreign and you don't know who you are as that. And what I'm hearing is that you were identifying at first with the difficult story in the more you shared it, right? And the more you talked about it or the, and the more other people said, oh, yeah, me too. And then it's like this commiserating and that just made you feel worse. Different people are different, right? It can make you feel better or worse. And for you, you wanted to identify instead, let me remember who I actually am. Yes, exactly. Yes, I just felt worse. So I felt like this clearly doesn't work for me you know no judgment you know if you need help look for help for me it's just yeah like you said it really well like you made me just identify with that commiserate I was like no that that's not me that can be true uh that can be my reality and it wasn't about um rejecting it so going back to this idea I started to work with acceptance and the mm. idea that I don't want to reject I don't want to resist the experience I want to accept it I want to start to breathe into it but I also at the same time want to tell my brain that it's not me and this is temporary so you know you're kind of like even 
out loud, you know, I would tell like when I like I would have the emotion, the anxiety coming in, I would just say out loud, this is not me. This is temporary. This is going away, you know, and emotions are like go away, you know. Yeah, they come back. But like your job is to reduce the episodes, you know, you can, you know, remove anxiety from a day to the other, but you can reduce the episodes. You can slowly but surely take power away from it. Because when we identify with a feeling, we give him, we give it power. And when you give power to anxiety, it becomes this negative cycle because it goes into your body, into your feelings, into your emotion, into your brain. And, and it's just uh, destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than accept anxiety is is a perfectly normal human emotion. Sadness is a perfectly normal human emotion. And I love your analogy. I almost want to put a picture frame around it with the ocean and the waves. We are the ocean and you're going to have a wave. Oh, look, there's some anxiety. Okay. I will love myself through it. I will acknowledge this is an emotion that's coming up and it's just an emotion and let it pass. The same with sadness or whatever comes up. That's so powerful. Yeah, and I think it's also equally important to investigate, but I would say not in the moment you're having the emotion, right? So because otherwise it becomes like really, like it gives more power to anxiety. Breathe into it and it's going to go away, of course, like an attack, like it doesn't last forever. Once you're not in it, then you can investigate. Talk to people you love. Hey, I was feeling that way. Uh, journal is, is a great way. So self-awareness is very important, equally important, but a mistake that we make as humans is to want to investigate when we are in it and that is very dangerous because then the brain again identifies with that emotion and is like oh my god so I don't love my baby so it's true you know like you start to just convince yourself about that well if I don't want my baby close it means I don't love my baby oh my god so what's wrong with me I'm a bad person and like you go into this cycle that is like never ending so don't do that just breathe into it just like try to breathe um, and then it's going to go away. And then eventually comes the time when you want to investigate. I love this. So so in your own story, you were sharing with, with other women. And then, wait a minute, that's not working. And you did something so powerful that I want us all to remember. So whether you're listening to this and you are postpartum or you never have kids, we all have experiences where we have these waves of the anxiety, waves of depression. And instead you said, who do I want to identify as? What do I want to identify with? And you asked your friends and family, remind me of who I am. Let's talk about stories. Let's talk about. And so what did that do for you, Kiara? Um, it just uh, reinforced this idea that everything was temporary. It's it's all like a, a brain retraining thing. You know, like you, I, I believe that the brain can be retrained no matter how dark things can get because it's a muscle. So the more you, it's the story you tell yourself. Once I was trying to start, I, once I started to tell a different story and I said like, no, I, I love life. I'm a positive person. This is not, you know, this is not who I am, you know, and, and it was an identity crisis. Like you're saying for me, it felt like someone was giving me a new life, but I already had an identity, you know? And so it was like integrating these two forces, you know, it was just so overwhelming for me. 
And then what happened is that I have uh, studied the chakra system um, for, for many years. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the idea is that we have um, an energy field that extends beyond our body. And there are seven energy centers that are the core of where the energy is. Um, and these seven energy centers go from the base of the spine to the top of the head. And so I've studied them for many years, but I never really, I guess, integrated the, the lessons or like really listened to my body. So I was like, okay, um, let's see what, what's going on. Where, where is the imbalance here? You know, what, what is it? Because I knew it was identity and our identity, our personal power resides in the first chakra in the stomach. So when you start to feel, you know, the stomach ache, like you don't digest very well and things like that, it's kind of a way of your body also to tell you, hey, there's something about personal power and your identity that is not working right now. So that was clear to me, but there was something else that I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And so I just started to listen a little bit more to my body and I felt like a like a pressure on my chest. You know, there was like some kind of pressure and I, you know, I didn't know what that was. And then I started to think about, you know, the chakra system. I was like, wait, okay, so the fourth is about love and compassion and self-love. And I was like, wait, if I think that I'm not a good mom, if I think that I can't do this, I essentially stop loving myself because if I think I'm a bad person, I, it means I'm not loving myself. And so I was like, that's why I don't love my son or I don't feel that love because, you know, obviously it's there. It's just hidden behind all these fears and anxieties. It's because I stopped loving myself. And so in a way, that awareness was really revealing for me. And I was like, oh, this is where I have to focus, you know. So through different tools like positive affirmations and visualizations about loving myself, I went back to love myself in a way. Um, but, you know, with discipline, you know, just kind of every day reminding myself, no, I love myself. I love myself. I always love myself. But just, you know, repeating it out loud, meditating and and, and, and sending love to myself, to that place in the heart. These, these tools are so incredible and you need discipline, obviously. So with discipline and um, just listening to my bodies and working with the chakra system, I was able to heal. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, I literally just came from a coaching session with one of my clients where we were diving into self-love because it's a word that's out there a lot, you know, like just love yourself, self-love, you know, but how, how, how do we actually do it? And you're giving us some beautiful tools of one, remembering, remembering who we actually are. And any of you who are out there, if you, if you're a new mother, maybe you have a teenager but you feel like you've lost yourself. So many women come to me at that point, right? Where your kids are 10 or 15 or they're about to go off to college or work and you're like, well, who am I now? This idea of our identity and losing who we actually are. So you can have the people in your life, when I'm hearing you say, Kiara, we can have the people in our life remind us <laughs> of who we are. And then we can actively, and it takes intention, it takes practice, remind ourselves, but this is who I am. And I love myself and to keep repeating that over and over and over again. It's so, it's so powerful. Yes. And also um, the way we see identity, it made me, you know, think about so many things, obviously, during that time. And the way we perceive identity, especially in a country like the U.S., you know, where it's very much tied to work, to your professional life. When you start to become more spiritual, whatever spiritual means to you, 
for me, like focusing more on this energy field instead of my physical body gives you this idea that you your identity is actually your essence. It's not tied to anything else. And that for me was liberating because it's like, wait, identity is not, you know, what I was before without, without my baby or what I am now without my baby, something bigger. It's a deeper um, concept. And that also helped me, you know, because I think that before I start, like, you know, I, I was thinking about identity as like, yeah, my professional life or my choices. And it's part of it, but it's much bigger. And that's why I think spirituality helps me so much because every time, you know, I feel like I want to, um, you know, find specific meanings to things or, or attach emotions to specific thoughts or things like that. You know, I just remember that I'm much more than that, that I have this other energy field around me and that I have to keep balanced. And that's the most important thing. Hmm. I love that, that our identity is actually our essence. And if a woman's out there and she's like, well, how do I know what my essence is? What's the guidance? So I would say that your essence is related to your soul. Uh, here, I'm going to get more into spiritual stuff. Okay. So maybe not everybody is going to believe this, but I'm going to try to, you know, explain what I believe and, and why it helps me. Do so, it, girl. Let's go. Let's go there. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So we are souls, uh, first and foremost. And what I believe um, is that, so our souls come to this earth with a precise intent that is based on um, previous lifetime. So I believe in reincarnation. So what our souls do before coming into this lifetime, they make spiritual contracts. And these contracts are based on lessons that we have learned or haven't learned in previous lifetimes. So when we come here, our main job is to learn these lessons. To put it in practice uh, in your life, when you notice certain things that keep on happening, I don't know, you, you you change job, but you always have issues with your boss, you know. Maybe you're not meant to be an employee. Maybe you're meant to be an entrepreneur. Pay attention to what life is telling you. That is you know, that is probably your lesson. And that's what you need to learn. So once you step away from the idea, oh, I want to do this, I want to make a lot of money, uh, I'm ambitious, I want to do this in life, you can still do all of that. But focus on the lesson. What is it that you think is the lesson that you have to learn in this lifetime? For me, it's definitely patience. I've always been really bad with that. And I think my son is going to like also teach me that. Um, <laughs> Nothing's going to give you patience like having a baby, right? I mean, exactly. And yeah. so it's about identifying also these bigger lessons. And once you start to change the focus, then you connect more with your soul, you know? Mm, so Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I also always talk to women about you are your essence, you know, it's who you are. And often I'll get into conversation with women where they don't know who they are or remember. And I love what you're talking about is your soul. And I'm hearing you say your soul's purpose. Why did your soul come here? And of course, I do a lot with purpose. And we think of purpose as kind of our active impact in the world. But there's this other aspect of purpose, which is your soul came here for a very specific lesson that the soul needed. And for you is patience. For me, it's trust. My whole life has been around trust, trusting myself, trusting universe, trusting source, and really having that. And our essence too. I also, the word just makes me think of aura. Like every woman walks around with this beautiful aura around her. And for some of you out there, your essence might be, 
this generosity, might be patience, might be love. For some of you, your essence is like hot pink wild. You know, your essence is passionate. I see like this bright orange fire. And whatever your essence is, that's who you really are, right? That's the real identity. And that's hard to keep when we become mom, right? Like right now I am covered in in spit up. My boobs are overflowing. Like I need to pump so badly, right? My body has, my body's been taken over by another human being. <laughs> and it's hard to find time to brush my teeth, let alone put on the makeup, you know, like, <laughs> so remembering who we are at our essence. And, and I'm fortunate I get to do this work. Like last night I had my first goddess on purpose class. So I got to be myself and it's much more challenging when we take on this, this new role as mother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is, it is more challenging. And I can tell you that when I was in those um, first couple of months, I thought it would last forever. And it went by so fast. So also just remember this idea that everything is so temporary. I think it's just so crucial that we focus on the present moment because our ego, unfortunately, takes us either back to the past where we have regrets, where we're missing our past life, right? Before baby or to the future, like, oh my God, how long am I going to have to do this? And you become anxious. The key is to always go back to the present moment. When the mind goes to the past or to the future, just go back to the present. It's going to go so fast. Mm. You don't even imagine. But but if you start to think about how long it's going to last, how many other, how many days, how many weeks, then you get really anxious. And, and with reason, you know, I remember that um, every time I woke up in the middle of the night to pump, I was like, oh, my God, how many days? Let me count. Like, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I resonate with this so much because I wake up in the middle of the night every night to pump. And it's like, how much longer do I have to do this? How much longer do I have to do? And, and that is such a waste of time, right? As opposed to being in the moment, I am nourishing my child right now. I am with him. I had a huge aha the other night, Kiara. I'm like, oh, instead of scrolling through Facebook or the news or one more pumping or parenting article, I could meditate during this time. Like at three in the morning, I could turn on my meditation app and I did. And it was lovely. And it's the same amount of time. I'm spending the same 30 minutes pumping. So I may as well do it and spend that time in a way that nourishes my soul. It was such an aha, right? Like, what do I want in this moment? That's awesome. The the amount of growth also that you go through with a baby. Mm. One mm. of my spiritual teachers, the first thing she said to me, when I um, when I got pregnant, she said, remember, your children are going to be <clears throat> your biggest teachers. Mm. And I always keep that in mind because we tend to, as mothers, we think about what we have to teach, what we have to give, how we like we have to nurture. We, we forget that they are our teachers as mm. well. And that changes perspective. Again, it's more spiritual. And that's, again, why it helps me. Babies come directly through the source. And so they are very magical in a spiritual way when you start to get like to again focus on this instead of like the feeding and the things you have to teach and now that you have to take care of him think about what he's giving you he's giving you energy Mm. source every Mm. single day suck that up (laughs) Mm -hmm. thank you mama absolutely he is already my biggest teacher in trust as we talked about you know, I had a very complicated pregnancy and I had to trust 
as I was diagnosed with vasa previa, which is a condition that can lead to stillbirth. And I had to trust. I had to trust before that because I had to go through five years of miscarriages and IVF. And now, and then when he was born, he almost died during delivery. And I had to trust again. And then in the NICU, I had to trust. And so indeed, he's the biggest teacher. And now I just learned that he has a milk protein allergy and I've been pumping all this milk and I have to try, like, I have to trust as I transition him to something non-dairy, either in my own body or elsewise. And so it's so interesting, this idea that our children are actually our teachers for that great lesson. Like you said, patience. And what I'm hearing in your story, Kiara, for the first couple months when you didn't feel connected to him and you felt all these different, you know, you you didn't know who you were anymore and anxious and depressed. Talk about needing to be patient and your lifelong lesson of patience. It's like that whole experience happened for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think these lessons come back to us if we don't learn them. And these are like trust, like yours, and patience are big. Usually we talk about big lessons mm-hmm. uh, that the soul come, comes here to learn. We're not talking about small things. So usually it takes a lifetime. Uh, you yeah, know, so I'm right. getting better with patience, but I'm nowhere near. Uh, I bet like my soul is going to have to come back for that. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> right. Probably six more times. I'm going to have to do this trust thing, you know. Now, I want to get into the chakras, you know, um, because you said something that really resonated. You've said so much that resonated. I would have thought I was the only mother who didn't feel connected to her baby at first, except that I've had clients tell me that they didn't and that they felt that there was something wrong with them. So fortunately, I I had a couple of women share with me, so I knew that. But it did feel like there's something wrong with me for not feeling connected. I should feel connected. And there was all that. And then I have had stomach issues since giving birth to the point where I went to a GI doctor a week or two ago. And she put me on a whole new nutrition plan and said my gut flora is all messed up and that it's because of an antibiotic that I had for the C-section. And what's interesting is that I'm hearing you say that there's an energetic piece and that really resonates because I thought I'm taking the medicine that she gave me to take and I've switched my food, my diet, but I haven't connected yet with my belly and what my belly is trying to say to me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that stomach is, is the issue because, as I said, yeah, it's it's related to identity and personal power. And when we feel like we're powerless or like we don't know who we are anymore, that's that's the the energetic center that gets blocked. Um, and there are like what I also use in, in my practice, there are like specific visualization that through my intuition, when I talk to the client and I know everything kind of their history and what they're going through I think about my intuition suggests specific visualization that can help and and specific um positive affirmations that are related to the power that we all have you know right Mm. so things like I am powerful I can shine in everything I do um you know just things that I think in you know I take some time to think about and then um I put in written form it's like what I Mm -hmm. do is kind of a written document that people can that my clients can go back to and I and I give them all these tools and obviously then they have to do the work right it's about discipline um during meditation focusing on images is uh the visualization is very important because some 
some people are just not good at just stopping the mind or so that helps you because it's like oh I'm focusing on this because it's good for me a general image that I can tell you is that you know the color of the third chakra is yellow it's connected to the sun and so whenever like you know you want to focus on something and take that power back focus on the sun it's such mm. a powerful um image you know and so close your eyes and and focus on the power of the sun and you are that sun Kiara, I was going to say, would you, I know that you don't know me very well. You've listened to some of my podcasts before. We've now been talking for, you know, 30 minutes or so. Would you take me through a little visualization and everybody can experience what that's like? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Great. Of course. Let's do it. We can do that. Um, okay. Well, just uh, then let's um, close the eyes. So let's focus on the breath. Um, let's inhale and exhale, opening the mouth. And let's do it three times. Do it at your own pace. And then when you inhale, try to inhale all the, you know, issues, anxieties, depressions, whatever that is. And just like get it out at the exhale. So be very intentional with these three breaths. Okay, now let's keep the eyes closed and let's go into this energetic center that is located in our stomach. So just go into that, like focus on that part of your body. Okay, so try to feel it, right? So in this moment, try to feel your stomach. How does it feel? You know, try to, you know, is it warm? Like you can put your hand on it too. I do that, I do that too to connect. Just connect with that space for a minute, right there. Keep on breathing and just think about your stomach. And now, how are things going there? You know, just focus on that space for a minute. Your stomach is telling you something you know, learn how to listen to your body. Now, focus on the color yellow. Yellow is the color of the third chakra. And the best image that you can think about when you think about yellow is the sun. So focus on the sun. See the sun in whatever way you want to see it, you know, in a nice sunny day with the blue sky. In the moment it breaks through the clouds and shines when you don't expect it. Or just go up there in the universe and then see that giant ball burning in the universe. So whatever image of the sun can help you right now, focus on the sun. That sun is not something that is away from you. It's in you. So this sun is located right there in your stomach and it's your power. And it's there to remind you that you are incredibly powerful. You are like the sun. 
There's no identity that is tied to anything. Your identity is the sun, this power. You have this incredible power inside of you and you can access it every single time you want. There's no being powerless because you have the power inside of you and you can go back to this sun every single time you want. So whenever you feel powerless or like you can't see your identity anymore, go back to this image of the sun, breathe into it, take the time you need and just focus on the sun. So let's focus on this image for a minute. Remember that you are powerful. You can shine like the sun in everything you do. And it doesn't matter what you do. It can be washing the dishes. You can shine in every single moment of your life. It doesn't matter what you do because the power is inside of you. Keep on repeating that to yourself every single day. Wow. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Kiara. <laughs> I don't know about all of you out there. I hope you're all feeling the sun in your own bellies. I, my belly now feels warm. I feel the radiating light, that yellow center. And to I love the mantra that you just gave me that I am powerful no matter what I'm doing. I have the image of washing the dishes and being the sun. Nice. Washing the pump parts, right? The plastic pump parts, all the pump parts. I love it's it. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so fantastic. And something you said resonated so much that this has been a power, a control question and power question. And that really resonates about my stomach because he almost died at birth. And because, and that's what I'm really discovering in the therapy I'm doing is that that, that control or that lack of power you know, really impacted me and, and even then a fear of getting close to him because I had no power, right? And so I love this. I am the power. I am the sun and I can own that in this moment. Yeah, it's an illusion not having power. We all have power. Obviously in this condition sometimes on this earth, we are powerless. It's true, but like we have to focus on the fact that the power is always inside of us. It's a, it's a different way to retrain your brain, right? There is Western psychology does it in a way, I do it in another way and, you know, different ways to retrain the brain. Yeah. Now you do a lot with writing and spirituality. How does someone use writing and spirituality for their own well-being? So I started, you know, with writing. Um, I self-published a book about the story of how I met my husband, which is a crazy romantic love story. And I, I wanted to get the story out at the time. Then I realized I wanted to be um, a professional writer. So I studied the craft and I started to pitch, you know, publications and things like that. That's how kind of how I got out there. Um, but after going through my postpartum and realizing that I and learned so many tools throughout the years, and it was time to give back and teach these tools to other people. 
I um, needed some kind of detachment. So here's the thing. When I was younger, I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, and I didn't pursue that route because I had too much empathy. I was afraid to talk to people and bring back their problems and just keep on thinking about it. And I was like, I can't do that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad because I'm fascinated by the mind and all these mm, dynamics, but I can't do that. Now, you know, with the years I abandoned that, I studied travel, tourism, and then I went into writing. And when I thought about what I wanted to do, you know, I started like, oh, maybe I should be a life coach. But, you know, like maybe I should do this other thing. Maybe I should, I don't know, I was just considering different things. And then I thought about, wait a minute, you know, I can still use writing and counseling. I just going to find my own way of counseling people that is going to allow me to feel some kind of detachment too. Um, so I kind of invented this thing out of the blue. Um, and it's this idea. Uh, so I call it a, a written report and action plan. So it's something I ask the, my clients to uh, fill out a form that has um, specific questions that allow me to understand where the ch- if the chakras are blocked, which ones. And then I talk to them for an hour. And then I feel them. Obviously, I use my intuition a lot, my let's say spiritual gifts a lot to connect with them and then I take some time to create a plan that is in written form and it starts with like the analysis of the chakra system where the blockages are and why and then I give them tools like the one that I you know shared with you today because it's more like a general image and sometimes that one will come and I will use that one but other times like I'll, I'll have a specific image about the client and what the client needs you know some people need to make peace with the past you know and so they need to meet this person somewhere so I create scenarios um and I write them down positive affirmations and depending on the person other tools like gratitude or journaling depending on what I feel the person Mm -hmm. needs and Mm -hmm. then I there is a little paragraph about astrology and Ayurveda it's not big but it helps me to give other tools and other ways to see why they're in a certain way and then I finish with two tarot readings Uh, one is general wisdom so I don't ask the client what they want to know I connect with my spirit guides and I ask them, what, what should I tell this client, this person? And then the, the other reading is about the soul's path. So what is this lesson? What is the lesson that we're talking about? So I look it, into it through the tarot. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm able to tell the person, hey, this is your biggest lesson. This is what you should focus on. And, and that's in written form. And then I'm obviously there, you know, if the person wants to talk again, uh, accountability and things like that. But it starts with the idea that I believe in, in self-feeling. And so I'm here, here they are. I'm going to give you some tools, some new perspective on your life and do the work. I love it. And it gives you the ability to really uh, be with someone and sit with someone and then provide someone with their own plan. Here's how you move forward. It's so beautiful. And it, it sounds like you're using the tools that got you through the postpartum depression, got you through the postpartum anxiety and into a place of thriving and well-being. Yeah, yeah. It was that experience that allowed me to, you know, often we go through the darkness and we come out and we want to help other people. It's kind of a general team. And it's true. You know, if you don't go through the darkness, you don't grow. Unfortunately, that's what it is. That's the experience on earth. Amen, sister. (laughs) I always talk about pain to purpose. That is what it is. Do you mostly work with postpartum women then? 
Uh, no, I, I have more, mostly women as clients just because women are a little bit more, you know, just open in terms of like spirituality. So not many men. I, I'm open to that, but I obviously focus more on women. Um, and yes, I, I focus on that. But um, any anybody has blockages, anybody. So anybody can benefit from this. And obviously, yes, I'm a woman. So I'm very collective with that, that type of situation and energy. Um, so it's easier for me to do that. Right. Well, such beautiful, beautiful work and such an important story that it's okay to feel a disconnect from your child. It's okay to not suddenly be in love with motherhood. It's okay to experience uh, disconnection with your identity. All of that is, is okay. And to go within spiritually and work with your... Don't feel guilty. That's my thing. That's my thing. In the article, I said, I don't feel guilty about it because as you were saying in the beginning, it's part of the journey and every fucking journey is different. Amen, sister. Yes. Yes. Amen. There's so, I mean, amen. So Carol, one of the things I love to do with my guests is something I could call a purpose power play round. And I'm going to just ask you a few random questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Are you down? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do okay, it. <laughs> they won't be hard. They're, they're not hard. All right. So I know you wrote a book about your love and that's amazing. And we definitely have that in the show notes. In addition to that, what's the one book you think everyone needs to read? Uh, oh my God. Um, a New Earth, Eckhart Tolle. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Okay, I know his book, The Power of Now, but that is so A New Earth. Yes. If you could see her face right now, she's like breathing it in as if the words are just coming into her body in this moment. It's so good. It's so good. And what's something fun about motherhood for you? Something fun. Um, well, something fun is just looking at <laughs> how we develop as humans. So we are we were babies too, right? And we forget about the things that we <laughs> did. It's like, I don't know, I look at my baby like throwing food or whatever, or like touching like a like a package of, of tissues and like really analyzing that. I just think it's so funny what we did and what we forgot, you know, to explore the world. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm noticing the same thing. I mean, mine's only three months old, but I am noticing how he notices and how he learns and like, whoa, I once went through that. We once went through You're right. It's just fascinating. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, I know that looking forward gives a lot of anxiety, but I also love desires and things that would just feel so good. So what's one desire that would just light you up? I want to see my family. Sorry, I'm just yeah. kind of emotionally here. They haven't met sure. my uh, grandson, uh, so my son yet. Um, so I'm hoping I can see them for Christmas because my parents are old. And they were supposed to come after he was born, but they said, you know what, the flight is too long. They don't speak any English, so they couldn't make it and they haven't met him yet. So like, oh. that's my desire to just go back home for Christmas. Oh, sister, I am so hopeful for you. I'm, are flights going right now to Italy? I don't know how that's working. They are. Um, it's just I left to quarantine, which is totally fine, you know, like, and I would do it anyway because my parents are old and without a vaccine, I wouldn't be feel comfortable. But that's okay. We'll have to quarantine for 14 days and then hopefully spend the last 15 days with Christmas included with them. So it's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy trip, but I'm... Um, 
I think it's it's time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Thank you. Oh, I, my heart is just with your whole family. And I can just see you all together now over Christmas. And Thank you so much. They're going to love your baby boy. And he's going to love being with his grandparents. I just love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So when you were younger, you loved psychology, you said. Yes, many things, but yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my God. I wanted to live with dolphins. So I wanted to be a marine biologist. Yes. Yes. Of course you wanted to live with dolphins. This is why I love asking the question about what little girl dreams, because as little girls, we really believed we could be all these things. And then we forget. Yes. You want to live with dolphins. And you know what I love? You kind of live with dolphins now, right? Like you connect to your spirit guides and you work with energy centers and we are connected to all animals. Like you're living this like beautiful way. It's so good. It's so good. All right. My last question. What's one thing you want every woman to know? Um, I think that going back to the sun, I just that powerful. I think women are so powerful. Yeah, in our society, it's not clear yet, but it will be. I think the time will come that we will conquer the world. I am convinced of that. So you are powerful. No matter what you think right now in this moment, whatever is happening to you, you're powerful. Amen, sister. We are the sun. That is like, we are walking around every single person to continue to feel that power, feel that you are the sun, feel yourself radiating, feel that yellow energy right in you. You are powerful. Yes. Kiara, you are powerful. You are such a powerful woman. You have such a beautiful presence. Talk about essence, beautiful essence. And what I feel in your essence is that combination of authenticity and honesty Right. We need much more of that. And that just opened me right up when I read your article on your truth, because I'm in that stage right now and your deep connection with spirit and yourself and source. And so thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for taking me through the visualization and rising us all up to our power. Thank you so much, Karen. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I just really, fully enjoyed it. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Um, so my, my website is www.mynamechiarabilekbravo.com. Great. And we have that in the show notes as well. So everyone out there, make sure you are checking Kiara out. And we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. We hope you loved it. If you did, make sure that you are sharing it with your friends, your family, with every woman you know. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. If you haven't left your five-star review for the Purpose Girl podcast, what are you waiting for? Head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen now. It means so much to me and it helps women all over the world find us. Of course, if you haven't joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, girlfriend, get on that. We're 2,500 women strong, supporting each other and living our purpose, being that light, rising in our power. So head over there now or find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. As always, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now.